Welcome to Adventures in Evaluation Podcast with James Coyle and Kylie Hutchinson. Hi, I'm James Coyle. I'm an internal evaluator in a large regional health authority in Canada. And I'm Kylie Hutchinson, and I'm an external evaluator. And together we bring you Adventures, Adventures. in evaluation. evaluation. Yeah, get it in there. Yeah, podcast. Hey, so uh, folks can't see you, but uh, as I said, in Back to the Future to uh, to Marty, what's with the life preserver, kid? What life preserver? You got it's a big not, it, puffy <laughs> jacket. It's like a it's, purple. It's a down jacket. It's cold here, man. You don't remember when uh, Michael J. Fox was walking around with uh, what was fashionable in the 80s, the uh, the big red uh, down vest, and he got transported back to the 50s, and everybody's like, hey, what's with the life preserver, kid? I do remember that. Are you trying to tell me I'm I'm dressing in the 80s? Well, or or wherever you are, it is fashionable to wear a purple down jacket indoors. I am. It is very fashionable. I have you know that I am a cutting edge fashion, James. So, anyways, so uh, ask me how my week was in evaluation. Oh, I, I want to know how your week was because I heard something uh, about the sound of music. Well, I had an amazing last week in evaluation because I went to the African Evaluation Association conference in Cameroon, uh-huh. and a uh, bit of a distance to go, but I'm really, I'm really glad that I did. And I went there, James, you know, as a as a learner, kind of a sponge, trying to soak up everything I could, um, because you know, two years ago or a year ago, I was working in Zambia doing monitoring and evaluation in uh-huh. a kind of development field and um, so it kind of piqued my interest and wanted to learn some more about that so um, I went and uh, Cameroon's a pretty amazing country it's a little bit kind of edgier than Zambia Zambia seems pretty sleepy compared mm-hmm. to Cameroon but the food is great and uh, I got to tell you it was a great conference it really was so having you know being quite familiar with AEA conferences it was quite different as you would expect much, much slower pace. So uh, there were some obvious kind of glitches that happened. And what was that thing you told me from the the Leonardo DiCaprio movie? What was that? <laughs> oh, geez. It's, might as well do a podcast on movies. <laughs> what on earth did I quote from Leonardo DiCaprio? It wasn't, it wasn't the lame uh, sort of Titanic reference or something, was it? No, it wasn't. It was the T T A or something. Oh yeah, with his with his bad South African accent. He and for what was that movie, Blood Diamond? He's like T I A man. This is Africa. Uh, this is Africa. Yeah. So it, he it was Africa. really hard to get that accent, apparently. Right. So you know, it was it was Africa. There was some kind of you know everybody was working pretty hard behind the scenes, but um, there was a lot of overwhelmed volunteers and um but you know some of those glitches weren't uh there weren't anything you know as long as you just kind of relaxed and went with it they they were fine um one thing i did realize was uh they had everything all ready to go at the hilton and for uh you know months and they had the program all printed and stuff like that and then two weeks before the conference they were told by the Cameroonian government that they had to switch the venue to the Palais de Congress oh yeah so is this the first time they've had that conference in that country or uh yes in that country uh they have it every two years and I think this was the seventh version of the conference yeah but you can imagine, you know, those people oh or people having to scramble in two weeks. So that explains some of the kind of glitches. But I'll, I'll and 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 one of the other kind of glitches that happened was um, 
so when we all got to the Palais du Congrès, you know, things weren't ready and rooms weren't prepared and stuff like that. Um, and a lot of keynote speakers didn't show up, which was kind of disappointing. You know, some parliamentarians who were supposed to be speakers didn't show up. But I'll tell you what what the upside of all that was, was the pace was so much slower than AEA. It was relaxed. And of course, we filled all that time with networking, which was fabulous. So unlike AEA, where you have five or six sessions a day and your head is just kind of exploding after three or four days, we had two or maybe three sessions a day. And at each session slot, there was maybe, you know, 10 papers to pick from. So it was just relaxed and you had the time to take stuff in and to mm -hmm. kind of integrate what you were learning. And then the coffee breaks were, were 45 minutes to an hour and the lunch was two hours and it was just, it was great, you know. And so um, did some really, really fabulous, fabulous networking mm -hmm. and um uh, promise that I do some shout outs to people. Uh, so uh, shout out to Susan from Sri Lanka and Winston from Malawi. Bear with me, James, because I've got a bit of a list here. No, I've that's, got... a, that's okay. I won't pull you off the Oscar stage. Yeah, right. Exactly. So I've got Solomon and Petronella from Zim, um, Nyagi from Tanzania, John from Uganda. Oh, my God, this man's voice is incredible. We have to get him on the podcast. <laughs> there was uh, John from Cameroon. There was Alan, our very gracious host from Cameroon, Carrie from London. I also hung out with Tosi from Nigeria, Ritu from India, Ritu, the, the funniest woman, um, Ellie from North Carolina, uh, met some great people from South Africa. Grant, Benita, and Madri, uh, Tom Archibald from the U.S., and Maria Luisa from Guatemala, and Pablo and Esteban from Argentina. There was even, I've forgotten his name, but there was a lovely um, evaluator from Nepal working in the Gambia. So it was this incredibly, incredibly global audience. And um, I stayed, uh, a lot of us were, were at hotels spread out over the city, and we all had to take shuttles to the conference center. So every morning you'd go to the front of your hotel and um, everybody would kind of congregate there and a shuttle would take you. And we had this crazy shuttle bus driver. And as you can imagine, you know, traffic in, in many, many African cities is just gridlock. And mm. so we spent, you know, it could take us an hour each morning just to get to the conference. And a lot of that was just sitting in traffic. But, you know, we didn't notice because all of us were just chatting and chatting and chatting away mm. on the bus. Mm. And, and for example, coming home one night, we didn't realize I was talking and talking away from with uh, Sarah from Mali talking away and then all of a sudden we realized why are we sit why are we sitting still and our our bus had been uh, parked in the market we were on a market street and our bus driver kind of disappeared for 20 minutes we have no idea you know <laughs> 20 of us sitting in the shuttle bus um and then he also one morning he got into uh he got into uh, practically fisticuffs with the with the police officer in the in the roundabout and uh, and Alan uh, from Cameroon was was wonderful and diplomatic and got all that sorted out. So we got to the conference. But what you know, and you can see, James, I'm just positively bubbling over with excitement. So thank you for bearing with me. Um, but what I found really interesting was, you know, there was many moments for me where I realized, whoa, you know, as an evaluator, I'm not in Kansas anymore. That you know, this North American evaluator. Uh, was experiencing different things, you know, mm. development 
monitoring and evaluation is a slightly different animal. And, you know, note that I'm not talking about developmental evaluation, as in he who cannot be mentioned, but I'm talking about monitoring and evaluation, or M&E, as it's, as it's called, uh, used for in international development. And um, so, you know, I was really picking up on different terminology, different uh, lingo that's being used. Um, and there was uh, several other kind of kind of themes or differences that I was picking up on. For example, the the kind of the RCT dogma. Well, if I can say dogma is very, very strong still. They're, they're still kind of having that debate, mm -hmm. that argument in the field. Um, they're still having the mixed methods debate as well. And, like uh, as to whether or not mixed methods is a good idea? Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. Um, you know, terminology that, up, you know, up until six months ago I never used was counterfactual. You know, it, it really seems to come, in many cases, what I was seeing was, was monitoring and evaluation coming from a kind of an economics perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, also saw some really in, a lot of emphasis on evaluation capacity development, and um, a lot of a lot of sessions on knowledge sharing as well, uh, which you know me kind of being a little bit of a trend watcher in evaluation found that kind of different. So I think it would be really good for, uh, I think it'd be really interesting to bring on some guests in a later episode who are kind of familiar with, maybe have, have, have one foot in both, um, both sectors and who can maybe kind of talk a little bit more about some of those differences that, um, that I was observing. I don't know. What do you think about that? Oh yeah, I think we should. I mean, it stands to reason that, um, you know, concepts, uh, about, uh, evaluation of, um, developed a little differently in different parts of the world, different cultures, um, different pressures. And, um, yeah, no, no question. There's the language piece, but yeah, it's not a, it's not a world I've, I've had the fortune to work in yet. Um, so it would be great to have, um, a couple people, um, come talk to us about what it's like to actually work in that. Um, it'd be interesting to get their perspective as to what they see when they come to North America or back if, if that's where they're from. Yeah, yeah, I think that's really good. So we'll look forward to that in the um, in the future. Well, good review of the conference. It sounds like it was uh, a real uh, genuine experience and quite different than uh, the conferences I've been to. So so anyways, James, you can see I was, I've, I've had a pretty exciting week and I'm um, sorry, I've monopolized the conversation a little bit. But um, aside from having getting uh, ha getting a suntan or having a good time in Kauai, what's been uh, what's been new and happening for you in your evaluation world? Oh, come on, Kylie, you know me. I don't tan. No, you just heard. Yeah, I have to hide from the sun. So no, vacation was nice. Um, and uh, when I came back, um, you know, it was uh, it was interesting I had a question from uh, an executive I work with who said, um, who sat down and I, I think they must be involved in selecting curriculum for, um, you know, maybe nursing students in university. And um, part of the, the, the course content was on evaluation and they were going to do some literature searches and try and figure out what to put in it. So she said, well, you know what? I, I know, I know this evaluator. I'll go talk to him. So she sat down and um, she was very nice about it. She said, so do you have any articles, journal articles is kind of what she was looking for on uh, program evaluation that, that she said, and this was the big, the big sort of qualifier that are not boring. 
<laughs> so, oh. so, you know, others on Eval Tackle scene, I, I posted this question because, um, you know, I, I suddenly realized that a lot of the way I introduce concepts of evaluation to students, the materials I point them to are um, often very respectable and free evaluation guides, um, you know, and frameworks and handbooks and stuff like that. Um, a lot of the free resources uh, from the CDC, from UWEX, um, Kellogg, etc. And, and many of the people that um, when I called out on Eval Talk, you know, suggested those very things. What I didn't get back from from um, too many people, I got a, I got a few, uh, were actual articles. And, and it was a bit of an eye-opener um, to just realizing that because my practice hasn't come up through, say, Claremont or, you know, um, uh, Michigan and where I did my PhD or something in evaluation, I haven't got those articles that I always go back to. And so um, had an interesting journey and it ended up landing on a few resources that I can tell you a bit about. So, you know, just before I get into what I found, you know, in your studies or in your practice, do articles, journal articles about evaluation that are succinct, not boring, ever, you know, you know, end up in your toolkit or, or things you pass out? Well, isn't that like basically an anomaly, the a journal article that's not boring? I mean, well, I'll listen, I'm not going to say who it is. And, and maybe um, maybe that person will wish I had. Um, but to protect their identity, uh, one of our listeners, um, I, I reached out to... Uh, uh, part of what I call, they might as well be Jedi's, but the Rebel Alliance yeah. of evaluators. And I said, hey, I'm not getting much back here. Uh, most of you have studied evaluation in a more formal setting. Is there anything that's not boring? And one of them said, I think by the very nature, articles are boring. Uh, most people haven't written much that's, you know, very interesting. So, you know, I remember kind of getting this really dirty look from one of my profs because we had this one reading and it was just it, it was appalling. Now, it was actually a, a little bit of a political science article, but it, it, the writing in it was so appalling. And James, you know, like, I'm not an academic. I'm I'm the practitioner, right? I'm just the queen of common sense, pra practical, practical. So the prof says, okay, so uh, any comments about the article to lead off the class? And I, I raised my hand and I said, where was his editor? <laughs> <laughs> She wasn't very happy with me. But, James, it comes down to a knowledge translation issue, right? Well, I, I agree, and I think our discipline is taking this on in, in new ways or at least acknowledging it. Um, listen, you know, I didn't even mention textbooks by, you know, of course, you know, Michael Compatton, Holy, others. Um, I really like Stephanie Evergreen's uh, textbook. Hers is a great example yeah. of, of, of really trying to craft, uh, you know, uh, some, some text or a textbook, you know, that has a lot of um, good symbols, imagery, and is, is applying what it's ironically, I suppose, trying to encourage us to do, which is communicate better, um, reduce the cognitive load, and, you know, not only visualize data, but get your message across. So I was determined, I redoubled my efforts, and I dug into making good use of my uh, American evaluation and uh, Canadian evaluation um uh, memberships and started trawling through decades of articles and, and quite frankly I, I, that I have many of which I haven't read but I started yeah. looking for seminal articles or summary articles of that kind of thing and, and as you know most of them are either technical 
or they're um, very specifically focused on a certain topic. And I just couldn't find that many articles that I thought I would feel comfortable really, and, 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 and proud to put in the hands of, uh, and this, this is the big qualifier is say, you know, um, second year nursing students who didn't know much about our field, but we wanted to give them uh, an overview. But I did find a few. Okay. Um, so what I shared with her at the end, and, and she's quite happy with it, um, you know, actually, maybe it's not an article, but I actually started with the what is evaluation document that the American Evaluation Evaluation Association Task Force had put out a statement on. And I think Michael Compatton had uh, mentioned that recently on Eval Talk and put a link to um, there. So we can probably put a link to that. It's a nice, I think, uh, three or four pager that sort of describes evaluation and it's, um, you know, in its, in its various ways, uh, pretty succinctly. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a good article on, uh, by Fournier in 1995, establishing evaluative conclusions. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, uh, I, I, you know, I wasn't looking for Michael Compatton articles, but I did find another good one uh, by him looking at uh, language and how language matters, mm-hmm. an overview of evaluation terms, which seems relevant. Mm-hmm. And then um, what I was really kind of shooting for were those articles that seemed sort of visually well-designed, like you said, you know, some knowledge um, exchange and translation uh, principles were put into play there. And I went back to the developmental evaluation primer that mm-hmm. was done, um, you know, by the during, McConnell. Foundation. Yeah. Yeah. The one that Jamie Gamble was involved in. And of course yeah. they've done a subsequent or a follow-up um, to that. So there were some resources, but I have to say, I didn't, I didn't get much back um, from some of the other young guns that I emailed directly and said, what have you seen? Hmm. Yeah. It, it, anyway, it, it's maybe a, you know, an esoteric point, but to our listeners, I'd be interested to know, you know, as far as peer reviewed journal articles go, yeah. um, if you've got uh, a seminal article uh, that, that really affected your, your practice, or as um, Stephanie gave me one and said, you know, the lights went on for her and she nailed it. That was what I was looking for. Because when I think about, oh, change management or systems thinking or leadership. In the other studies I've done, I can think of an author and an article that I went back to time and time again because mm-hmm. it just really made sense in a summary way. So uh, I'm still looking for the you know additional articles like that. Have you come across any yourself? Well, you're just making me think. I wonder if if for these second year nursing students, I wonder if something that would also be helpful is that kind of seminal case study. Well, you know, you know, I should say too that um, there was good discussion, and I, I thought of this as well: is that there isn't a right answer here. Sure. And part of my feedback was, please don't just give them articles. You know, give them yeah. links to some of the great free resources, frameworks, handbooks, intera- interactive websites. I mean, you know, Better Evaluation is a great example. Of that templates. There's so much stuff out there that you may want to introduce them to um, that isn't an article. And, and how you present the material, you know, also matters um, as an instructor and in, in, okay. in facilitating interactive dialogue. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe it's a maybe it's a, a silly quest to try and find a, a good summary article. But it was an interesting challenge. And um, I, I quite actually liked going through and, and seeing how um, some of the topics had changed uh, over time and new directions for evaluation and, the, you know, the AA journals, et cetera. So. Yeah, interesting, interesting. 
So, hey, Kylie, thanks so much for uh, telling us about your uh, great conference exploits and experiences. Thanks, James. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody else, for listening as well. And, uh, James, you want to tell them where to go to send us a comment, please? We like to hear your comments. Yes. Uh, so you can contact Kylie and I by email at adventuresinevaluationpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to our website, adventuresinevaluation.podbean.com, and leave us a message there. Take care, James. We'll talk to you soon. You too. Bye.